welcome to Sparkle Speak. This is a podcast sponsored by Sparkle, which is a Christian women's ministry designed to connect women with the purpose of inspiration and encouragement. Each week, we will interview a new guest who will share her personal experience with Christianity. Whether you identify yourself as a Christian or not, this podcast is for you, and our intent is always to inspire one another through our own unique and individual stories of how God has moved and shaped us. Wherever you are listening today, we hope you enjoy this story of faith. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Sparkle Speak. I'm your host, Catherine. And as you know, each week we chat with a guest who shares her personal story of how she came to know the Lord. And today we are switching it up a little bit because we do not have a guest. I will be sharing my story of faith with you all today. And I hope you don't think it's too weird that I'm interviewing myself. I feel a little bit weird, to be completely honest, (laughs) but hopefully it will be good Um, and just refreshing, even for me, just to share this with everyone and kind of um, reflect and remember a lot of, of, of what I believe. And so mainly why we decided to do this was because those of us that are on the Sparkle team thought it would be a good idea to share a little bit with our listeners just who we are where we come from, our hearts, what we believe. Um, We thought that would be a good idea. And so I will be sharing my story with you today. And since I'm interviewing myself, I normally uh, pray with guests beforehand. Um, I'm going to pray right now. So please join me in prayer (laughs) for a quick moment here. Um, Dear Lord, thank you so much for the opportunity to have this platform just to share stories of how we encounter you and how you've transformed our lives. I would not be anywhere close to where I'm at today and just um, the joy I feel in my life without you, God. And I thank you for that. And I pray that you help me communicate my story well and in a way that is just inspiring and encouraging and just points all the glory to you, God. Thank you for transforming me, for um, continuing to love me in my brokenness and in all my mess. And I just pray that um, your name is just proclaimed today on this podcast as I speak. Please be my words, Holy Spirit. Fill me up with you and um, really just be my words today. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so diving right in, I'm going to ask myself a question that I ask all of our speakers. Uh, But the question is, what does Christianity mean to you? I was thinking about this. I think it is very simple at the end of the day. It boils down to three things, believe, invite, and surrender. And so the first word, I think it, it really just boils down to believing in God and Jesus Christ. Most of us know this scripture, John 3, 16. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that everyone who believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And so right there, it's boom done. All we need to do is believe. And at that point, um, we are made Christians. Actually, Ephesians 1.13 is one of my favorite verses. It says, and you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of the truth, the gospel of your salvation. 
when you believed you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. So the minute you believe, when you really say, I believe that God is real, that he sent Jesus to die for my sins, that in him, I can have eternal life. You're marked with the Holy Spirit. You are a Christian. And I don't know um, if many of you are familiar, but the word Christian actually comes from the Greek word Christianos, which means little Christ. Um, so I'll get into that a little more later, but that's essentially what Christians mean. Little Christ, it's, it's those who believe in him and then begin to follow him and follow his example. But I'll get to that a little more later. The next word that I think defines Christianity for me personally is invite. Um, Revelation 3.20 says, here I am. This is Jesus speaking, by the way. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. And I love that because um, I actually heard an analogy when I was at Michigan State University. And um, I'll share more about my personal story in a little bit here. But I heard this. Someone said, it's like Jesus stands at the door of our heart. If you imagine our heart like a door and he's just knocking and he's a gentleman. So he's not going to just burst open the door, barge right in and say, I'm going to rule your life. But he stands there knocking. Just he's always there wanting to come in, but it's up to us to actually open the door and invite him in. We still have a say in it. A relationship goes two ways. And while God is God and he can do anything he wants, and he could very well barge down those doors, he knows that the genuine relationship comes from us opening the door and letting him in. That's where the beauty lies in that real relationship. And so a key factor in Christianity and being a Christian is actually not only acknowledging that we believe, but also asking God to come into our hearts, come into our lives. We're inviting him. We're saying, I believe in you and I want you. Um, so that's another key step. And then the third word that I think defines Christianity is surrender. Um, so I think what this means is engaging in the daily walk with Jesus walking in the power of the Holy Spirit, hand in hand with God. Um, we can be Christians and, and believe in God, and yet our lives can be completely devoid of his spirit and presence if we aren't actively seeking him. Galatians 5 this is a good verse. It says, so I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh for the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit, what is contrary to the flesh. So they, they don't always want the same thing. I mean, I have seen this over and over and over again in my life. Um, the things I have really struggled with, um, where I just, I, I want to do what God's calling me to do. I wanted to obey him. But then there's this other side of me, man, that's just like, but I want to sin because it feels good and it makes me happy in the moment. And so if I'm not engaging in that daily surrendering with Jesus, I'm going to give in to my, my sin and my earthly desires 
more than I'm going to give into um, just the spirit of God and the heavenly desires that he gives me that actually are the best for me um, in the long run. And I have seen that over and over and over again. And so I think that's part of the Christian walk is just that surrender. And actually there was a really, really powerful term I learned back in college called spiritual breathing. And if you can just imagine how every day we are just constantly breathing, we, you cannot get through the day without breathing. And if we apply that concept of breathing to our spiritual walk, what it looks like is breathing out the bad and inhaling the good. I think as we continue to live our life with that mentality, when things are hard and we're frustrated and we're tempted to sin, I think we start looking like little Christ. We start actually looking like Christians. And, um, you know, back in the day, Jesus's followers could physically follow him when he walked to the earth. Now he's no longer physically here, but his spirit is physically here. And we can still follow that. We can still seek it. We can still walk with it. And actually the Bible says we will do what Jesus did and more because we have his spirit in our hearts. So I think when we're surrendering it to it daily, we start to look more and more like Jesus. And that is the Christian walk. That's Christianity. That is what it means. And it doesn't mean doing it perfectly. That's the other thing that I think is so important to keep reiterating in this Christianity um, conversation is that it doesn't mean doing it perfectly. I mean, we just, we can't expect that of ourselves. And we also can't expect to do it on our own strength. I think that's why I'm so passionate about speaking to surrendering to the Holy Spirit, because we can only do it in his spirit. We can only look like him when we live by his spirit. We can't do it when we just try to do it by ourselves. And I think a common misconception of Christianity is that, you know, if you're reading your Bible every day and you're going to church every Sunday and you're um, saying your prayers every night and you're, uh, you know, doing good deeds, then you're a Christian. And it's like, Hey, all of those things are great, but all of those things are a fruit of it, walking by the power of the Holy spirit, believing in Jesus, inviting him in and surrendering those doing those things constantly lead to wanting to read your Bible and wanting to go to church and wanting to engage in community and do the good deeds. So I'm going to move on here um, to the second question that we ask a lot of our guests, which is when did you first start identifying yourself as a Christian um, or, you know, how did you come to know the Lord? And Oh goodness, this could be a long story. I'm going to try to shorten it a little bit, but I want to still give the details because I feel like when I share my story, there are times where I kind of gloss over the details and then I look back on it and I'm like, man, sometimes you just got to get in the weeds because you want to give people a clear picture of the transformation that God did, you know, his transforming power. And so I will make this short, but let me try to give this my best shot here. Um, I give, I give our guests a lot of credit because this is harder than it looks, but anyways, so I was very fortunate. I, um, knew I, I believed in Jesus from a very young age. My parents sent me to a Christian daycare. They both worked full time. So from a very, very young age, I think, I don't even know, six months, I was at a Christian daycare and I just remember them constantly praying with us and singing songs about Jesus. And, and I just, from a very, very young age, I just 
always believed in God and knew he was real and I knew he loved us and I wanted to love him too. And so I'm very fortunate that I had that foundation. Um, as I got older and when I um, went to middle school and high school, um, I started to struggle with my faith a lot, not doubting or questioning that God was real or that he loved me, but I just didn't know how God and the love that we had for one another really fit into real life. You know, I was dealing with all the normal struggles of teenagers. Um, my parents were divorced and there were, you know, some complicated dynamics there that I really struggled with at the time, especially at 13, 14 years old. Um, you know, I really looked for a lot of validation in my relationship with guys. Um, I was a little boy crazy and uh, just really looked looked to those relationships to fulfill desires and needs for love. Um, and I struggled with all the normal things, um, drinking, all of that stuff. But I just had a hard time really understanding. I, I've always talked to God. I can't remember there ever being a time where I didn't like journal and pray, but I just was like, I felt this huge disconnect between my faith in God and my actual life. And so for a long, long time, I would say from middle school until 20 years old, I just straddled a line between the Christian walk and just the worldly life. And I felt very dissatisfied, to be honest. It was probably one of the most miserable spaces to be in for me personally, because I knew I, I, on one hand, I had this calling from God to be his, and I knew he was good and the best for me, but I just wasn't quite living it. And I didn't really even understand how and it was actually the summer between my sophomore and junior year. And this is where my story kind of all boiled down to a turning point. Um, I was in a relationship with a guy at the time who had cheated on me and I wasn't a very good girlfriend either. Let's just put it that way. So <laughs> I want to make that very clear, but he had cheated on me and we were still together. And I, my, um, confidence was just at an all time low. I was a mess. And to top it all off, I had just gotten a MIP for underage drinking. And so I was on probation for that summer. Couldn't do a lot of things with my friends. Um, but there was one night where I actually violated my probation. I think it was even the, the very last night that I was on probation and I drank. And the next morning I went to the uh, police station to blow my numbers and I blew numbers. And the police officer working at the station, I mean, he was just, I, I don't even know where he came from, but he was so kind in that moment to me and gracious, he said, look, I'm not going to write these numbers down because you're going to get in a lot of trouble, but he's like, I'm going to advise you to do the right thing here. Um, but it's up to you to figure out how you want to handle this. You just go home. And I remember leaving and just feeling so low about myself. I just could not believe it. And I ended up, uh, going to my probation officer the next day and coming clean. And I basically told her, you know, what had happened and 
she was very stern with me as she should have been very harsh, but she also did say that she wasn't going to report me or do anything crazy because she appreciated my honesty and she was just going to extend my probation for a period of time. So I went into my junior year on this extended probation. I'm at a low point in terms of my confidence in myself and who I am as a person. I was still trying to date this guy, um, but I just was at such a low place. And I remember it was welcome week. All my friends were out and I was staying home because of the probation. And I just got on my knees and I just basically said to God, I am not who I want to be. I am spiraling here. I, I don't even know what major I want. I don't know what I want to be. I, I feel like I have no purpose because I'm just not doing anything worthwhile. Like I just feel like I'm floundering and I can't get out. And I just asked God for help. I said, I know you're there. I know you love me. Please help me. And it was so amazing to see just what happened after that. He totally answered that prayer. I think I actually physically bumped into someone I knew. Um, He had recently transferred to Michigan State, recently become a Christian. And I don't know, we got to talking and he said, you should come to Real Life, which was this ministry organization I was a part of on campus. They had a weekly meeting. And so I started going to this and I started meeting people and um, just thinking, wow, like these are really cool people and they seem really just joyful. And I, I like what I'm seeing. And I started listening to the messages and they were so relatable. I mean, they would talk about drinking and sex and, you know, drugs and all the things that actually related to my life and what I was experiencing, but they would bring God into it and they would just talk about what God thought about those things and, and what it was like to have a holy life, um, set apart from that stuff and how much more joyful and rewarding and purpose-filled a life with God was than all that other stuff. And it just struck me in a way that I had never quite heard it before. And it was also just met with such grace too. It wasn't like, if you've done these things, you need to repent now because you're a horrible person. It was like, hey, Jesus knows. He knows this is what you're facing and this is who you've been, but there's more for you. And he accepts you and he will wipe it all clean at the drop of a hat when you just come to him. He just wants to embrace you. And I think it just felt so good. And so anyway, I began this journey of just stepping into engaging with Jesus more. I went to a a Bible study on campus and I started reading my Bible more and listening to worship music. And it just all kind of started making more sense to me. And then this is where my story culminates. I promise I'm almost done, but it was Christmas break between, uh, let's see, I was 20. It was 2012. And it was between my, sorry, it was my junior year, junior year college. And I went to this conference over Christmas break with that organization. There was 2000 students there. It was awesome. And it was New Year's Eve. I was at the dance party because they had a like New Year's Eve dance party. And one of my friends, was lingering kind of like 
off by himself, like at the dance party. And I was like, huh, that's kind of weird. And um, so I went over there and I was like, hey, like, do you want to come dance with us? You know, I was trying to get him to engage with us. And he kind of looked at me and he's like, you know, I'm just kind of thirsty. Like, do you want to go out to the hallway and get some water or whatever? And I was like, sure. So I go out with her and he goes, so I gotta be honest with you. <laughs> he was like, I feel like God really wanted me to say something to you. And so I've been praying about, you know, having an opportunity and this just feels like the right moment. My heart stops beating because I'm just thinking, oh boy, what does God want to say to me? I got kind of scared. And he basically just, you know, shared the gospel with me and saying that, you know, Catherine, like God loves you so much and he has such a plan, a big plan for your life. And he wants to use you, but you need to let him in. I think that's what he wants me to tell you is that he wants you to fully open your heart to him. And, uh, in that moment, I just, I, my heart just fell to the pit of my stomach because I knew that that was true, that I hadn't completely surrendered everything and let him in yet. And, uh, I got kind of disheveled and I was like, okay. And I kind of like left him because we were going up to the main floor to have a worship session. It was, it had just turned midnight and we were worshiping in the new year. And I, I went up there and I had lost all my friends at this point. So I was kind of standing by myself and the worship music starts. And I just remember throwing my hands up in the air and just having this moment with God where I just said, okay, I am all yours for the rest of my life. I am yours. I want you controlling my heart. I want you in there. I want you to be in charge. I am fully surrendered to you, Lord. And I can honestly say I came back from that just a changed woman. I, I walked in and I told my mom and my stepdad, I go, I'm not the same person anymore. I, <laughs> I just feel like my eyes have been open to Jesus and all that he is. And I never want that to ever change. And that was a, a turning point for my life. From that point forward, he became a priority. And um, I, I just, I, I owe everything to my faith in Jesus. I, I truly think every good thing in my life right now is because of him um, and his love for me. And just that he loved me enough to change my course and uh, to step in when I just clearly wasn't making the right decisions. And I will tell you this, um, my life is nowhere near, uh, perfect. It's not like I stopped sinning after that. Um, I sin all the time. I'm a sinful, broken, messy human being. The difference is that I just asked Jesus to come into that space with me. Um, I try to repent when I do something wrong, or something that doesn't feel right and it feels simple and I know it's simple. I just try to uh, take it to him and pray. Um, and like I was explaining before, it's just that daily surrender, but it doesn't mean I'm perfect. It just means that I'm changed and it means that my priorities have changed. There's two verses I want to read real quick that just kind of reflect this transforming time in my life. The first one is in Psalms, Psalm one. It says, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers, 
but his delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law, he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. And I loved that verse, especially, I still love this verse, but especially at that time, because I actually saw a visual. It was like, on one hand, you have this tree that's just thriving by the water and it's green and it's lush and it has this fruit growing on it. Then on the other hand, you have this dry, fizzled out tree, just, you know, in a desert land, just like searching for water. And I was like, oh my gosh, this cannot be a clearer picture of what I have felt. My life was in the desert. I was searching. I was hungry. I was thirsty. I felt like I could never find something to fulfill me. I was constantly searching. And when I found Jesus, when I started living with him, I just felt nourished and like I was growing and thriving and I wasn't thirsting anymore because I had the quench, which was Jesus. And I just couldn't be any more true of my life. And even still today, I think in the Christian walk, you know, even once you are a proclaimed Christian and you're walking with him, we can still go through highs and lows of our faith. And I love that verse because I just come back to it remembering like, okay, like when I seek him, when I'm with him, this is when I thrive. And then just the last verse, this is my favorite all-time verse. Um, It's Galatians 6, 7 through 10. It says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. And I just love the picture of that because I want that to be so true of my life. It's not even funny. When I die, whether that be tomorrow or when I'm 90, I want to be able to look at my life and just see a magnificent garden growing around me. I don't care if it's huge or if it's small, but there better be a garden there because I want my life to be meaningful. I don't want to reap destruction. I want to reap a harvest. And the only way I can do that is through Jesus Christ, through believing in him, inviting him into my heart, and the daily walk and surrender to his spirit to do what he's asked me to do and to be who he made me to be. Two more thoughts I have as I'm answering this question. The first is just that I didn't realize the freedom that Christ offers until I invited God into my life and started surrendering to him. I started realizing how chained and weighed down the sin that I was just actively, repetitively, daily involved in, how much that weighed me down and just made me feel unfulfilled. And I didn't even know it at the time until I started walking with Christ. Then I realized the freedom he offers. I think we get it confused and flipped in our mind to where we think that Jesus is the chain. We think that Christianity chains us down and keeps us from experiencing life when it's actually the exact opposite. Um, I started feeling like 
I actually was alive the minute I started walking with Christ and making the decisions that allowed me to obey him and follow him and do what he says I should do in the Bible. When I started doing that, I started feeling freedom, real freedom. I started feeling like myself again. And I started feeling alive. I actually just told my mom the other day, I feel like I've only been alive for what would it be? Um, eight years. (laughs) I was like, I feel like before then I just feel like I was spiritually dead. And therefore I just felt dead. And, um, so I would say freedom is huge. The other, other thought I have is just that there is a cost to following Jesus. It's challenging in the fact that we have to give up a lot to follow him. And it can be hard at times, especially at first, when we're first making that decision to to follow him and become a follower of Christ, we have to strip away a lot of what we've been clinging to for happiness. And for me personally, what that looked like was, um, turning away from a lot of habitual sin that I was regularly involved with. I'm just going to be honest with you. That included sleeping around with different guys, um, drinking like a lot, (laughs) um, to the point of drunkenness multiple times a week. Mind you, this was in college, but, um, and, and just so many other things, you know, it may not be the, those obvious things, but um, gossiping, uh, lying, just all those things that add up and, and end up chaining us down and weighing us down. And um, I guess my, my, my thoughts are just that Jesus offers freedom and it's not always going to be easy. There's a cost to walking with him. And, but it's worth it. It's a very, very uh, rewarding choice to make. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Sparkle Speak. If you are interested in following us on social media, you can find us on Instagram at underscore sparklefaith underscore or at sparklefaith.com. There you can find information on upcoming events and speakers. And please feel free to reach out to us if you have a personal story of faith that you would be willing to share with us. We hope you tune in again next week and we hope your week is full of the sparkle we all need. Often we believe our questions mean we don't have faith, but I believe Jesus loves our questions. Our questions are windows into heaven. I'm Caden Fabrizio, and on the Questions with Caden podcast, we ask and answer one question per episode as relevantly and biblically as possible. Questions about fear, anxiety, depression, addiction, and so much more. Don't worry, your questions, they're not going to scare Jesus, so ask away. Listen and subscribe now at lifeaudio.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.